0: This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Leed. Welcome
1: to IA Forward. Shane, let's talk about something today that kind of sucks, and that is rejection.
0: Choose your lens, right? So does it really suck? Does it suck to learn how to be better at it next time. Since when are you like the happy, warm, fuzzy one? I'm not warm and fuzzy, but I am an optimistic guy. And I do tend to look at the not lose, but learn type of approach. And I know that this is hard for some people, but maybe for some of us, most of us, I would say in sales, it can be a learned thing or it can be a thing that is turned into a positive. Learning how to handle rejection, learning how to deal with rejection is a very, very important thing in the lives of an independent agent.
1: Absolutely it is. And and we can take that lens and we can look at it through that lens. But in the moment when you've really been working on something and it's, maybe it's a potential client that you've been layering for months to get to this point,
0: it doesn't feel good when they say no. It doesn't feel good. I guess I've never wrapped my whole world up into the yes or no of a specific client. And I know that that's easy to do because you worked your tail off, right? You put every ounce of energy into something. And maybe as I'm sitting here saying that out loud, I'm going, well, maybe I wasn't a great salesperson. (laughs) And so I'm having this moment right here, but it was never a moment where it became do or die for me when I was in this everyday sales environment. And I think I'm a pretty good salesperson. Yeah, I'll give you that. But I never wrapped everything had to happen on this sale. And if I lost it, the world was going to end. And you you just have to realize this is a learning experience or there's more fish out there in the pond etc use all the cliches that's the way i competed now i will tell you that i have stayed up all night long replaying ball games in my head as both a player and a coach and I think I've done that at much worse a pace than the losing of a sale and the losing of an account, or I didn't get that account. And I pick on my very very good salesperson, commercial producing brother-in-law. I'm not so sure that he's that way. He's more of where you're coming from. That didn't feel good. And pep talks have to happen, and you have to kind of go through this process of, hey, it's going to be okay. Let's move on to the. The next one, but it's very, very easy to consume yourself with this account or this sales process, and I question whether it's healthy. And I know it wasn't healthy for me to replay those ball games and not sleep. That's where I struggled; is I struggled with the replaying of the game.
1: And I did the same thing. And, and speaking of games, I have to give a shout out to my LSU Tigers for winning the NCAA women's basketball tournament, national champs. And I have to say, I was so proud that I actually have the out. Outfit that Kim Mulkey coached in for the national title game. I was so thrilled when she walked out that I was like, yes, yes, Giovanni did good.
0: I'm surprised you weren't wearing the outfit during the game. That's not surprising at all that you have the outfit that
1: she wore.
0: <laughs> I don't know why I'm, I'm just not surprised at that. I assume that you had a side business owning the boutique that sold her outfits. I know there's a Louisiana-based boutique that actually makes and provides her outfits for her. At least that's what I heard. And so I assumed that you were some kind of secret shareholder on the side in that boutique. Just I so
1: wish. And she has collected her clothes for years. She's like me. She keeps and wears them for, you know, two or three decades. So not like she's spending all this money at once. But yes, yes. we was so excited for her and was just super impressed with the girls from Iowa and how they handled themselves. And it was a very competitive game. Definitely some disappointment there.
0: It was a little chippy at the end.
1: Yes, yes.
0: uh, (laughs) Chippy is a very good word for it.
1: But that said, I mean, I think we can actually go there because if we lose a sale that we've been working really hard on as an agency owner, and it puts us in a bad mood, it can affect our family members. It can affect our other team members. If you're not a solopreneur, it can affect the people around you. It can affect your kids. And the frustration that can sometimes come out of rejection, it's kind of like when you throw that rock into a pond and it affects everything around
0: you. I rely and kind of come back to as an athlete and and just experiences there of winning and losing just this even keel and I've talked about it before I guess it doesn't affect me the way maybe it does some other people. And I go back and I give credit to my college coach at Oklahoma State for this even kill, staying the same, whether you're winning by 10, losing by 10, whether it's the first inning, whether it's the fourth inning, whether it's the bottom of the ninth, and the pressure not getting to you and staying the same. And I take that same approach to the sales process. We even have been accused in our agency group of talking to agent prospects of it almost feeling like we're talking a prospect out of joining our organization. And that's not what we're doing, obviously. But it's more of you look like a great fit for us. We look like a great fit for you. Here's the information. And this is what we do. And this is how we do it. We want you to make the best choice. And if it's not with us, Well, then that's okay. That type of sales approach, if you even wanna call that a sales approach, staying even keel and being able to control the emotions in that situation are really, really important to how rejection is handled. Because if you are so caught up in that moment of the sale, that you're at the top of the mountain and you are just hanging on and the no is going to plummet you and the yes is going to keep you there. That approach is unhealthy. It's never worked for me because picking yourself back up from the low, it can take a lot of time. Yes, it's your job. Yes, it's work. Yes, it's financially driven, but it's also not the end of the world.
1: As a coach, what do you tell the girls that you are working with on how to to handle that loss, how to handle what we would consider rejection in the sales world. As a coach, how do you handle that?
0: The way that I've always talked about it after a game or talked about it at some point, it was, what did you learn? The true loss or the true devastation is if you lost a game and you didn't learn anything, that's not a good place to be. Now, if you lost a game and you learned just one thing, That will help you win the next game. That will help you be better. That in and of itself is worth it. I'll go through a loss. I'll go through a rejection. I'll go through the loss of an account. And I'll be okay if I learn something from that that's going to make me better. If you lose the game and you don't learn, that's a problem. As we say, we don't win or lose. We win or learn. I just feel like that is the messaging that has always worked for me personally. Personally, as a player and it's always been what I would say to a group of athletes in the wake of a loss, especially a tough loss, whether that's a blowout loss or whether that's a close game. And we talk about that a lot. And we talk about that in terms of how do you get better so that next time you're on the winning side of this.
1: Losing one account here and there is one thing. I think sometimes the challenge happens is these things can go in cycles. And if you have a team member that's maybe presented 10 or 12 or 15 and she's gotten a bunch of no's in a row, that's when sometimes it can really start to get somebody down or it can start to get us down and then we start questioning all of these micro things just like you were talking about you're replaying the entire game in your head for me I'm replaying every moment on that competitive dance floor you know what's the one thing I could have done differently could I have done this could I have changed a hand position could I have glanced different like there's all of these little micro things and I think in our agencies that happens as well because it's fantastic when we get on a roll of sales. Back when I was in the radio business, like November and December was fantastic because I was working on my annuals. I mean, I always had this great momentum going. But then January, February, March would get there and I'd be like, well, okay. And I'd have to figure out how to pick myself back up because I was back to doing the little things that I had to do every day and getting those yeses and getting those nos, coming off the big wins, right? And so I I think it's when we get into those cycles Cycles of nos that it really starts to affect us.
0: It's easy to let negativity creep in. And when the momentum is going and you're selling and you're winning and you're doing great and the rejections are far and few between, if at all, well, that's easy time. It's always going to be in the lows and the lulls of the seasons and where things happen. And you know, insurance has that too. There's the peaks and the valleys, and and I feel like over the last year that's actually become a little less in the sense that the market it is so disrupted that hanging on to accounts has been struggle, but getting new accounts has been opportunistic. You can bury your head in your sorrows of losing an account right now, or you can go play some offense and be the disruptor. And I think you got to balance both. But if you're sitting here going, oh my gosh, poor, poor, pitiful me. This is not good. I lost this account. Well, then you have to be careful with that about just kind of letting that rejection or that negativity weigh you down because you're in a marketplace right now where disruption is prevalent and you can be a disruptor. One thought that I had in your dance world, and this would have been hard for me because I feel like there's some subjectivity to competitive dance. In other words, you're, absolutely. Ca- yeah, you're hinging on really the opinion of judges and others. And
1: I mean, we absolutely have rules. We have a syllabus. We have, you know, there are certain things you have to do certain ways, but it's an extremely subjective sport. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I will say this full disclosure. You and I come from, and we've all known, we've known this all along, but you and I come from two different worlds in that sense that I've never competed in an environment that was subjective. There was either a time clock where the game ended, football, basketball, or there's innings, baseball, and you can't end the baseball game until the last out is made. You always have time. My wife makes fun of me because regardless of the score, if there's an out left, we have a chance. Until that last out is made, you can still win. And I believe that. We've seen it happen. And we've seen it happen. I get very aggravated at the eight-run rule in fast-pitch softball at the NCAA level because it just doesn't feel like enough. It's five innings, 10 runs is what it ought to be. It's a seven-inning game, so 10 after five, I'm good with that. Let's get out of this whole eight run after five kind of thing. I've seen plenty of games come back from down eight in the last couple of innings. But unfortunately, they don't give us that option in fast pitch. And I'm not even sure that the NCAA in baseball even has a run rule at this point, because I've seen some really ridiculous 24 and 25 to 7 scores early in the season.
1: I'll tell you the one that I think that is just as bad as rejection is getting ghosted.
0: I agree with you. Getting ghosted is way more than, I'm sorry... The answer is no. I can handle no. I don't know what to do. With ignoring me or being ghosted in a sales process. And we have a sales producer that's gone through that recently and got called from a prospect that they had worked with a year or two before, didn't get the account, had kind of written the account off a little bit to relationship and so forth with the existing agent. And this prospect calls, of course, because it's a disruptive market right now and they're dealing with price challenges and, and then things that everybody else is dealing with and decent commercial account and calls up our producer and our our producer works on the account, has a great proposal ready, goes through the quoting and proposal process and is ready to present and nothing. And it's like, it wasn't even a solicitation. I think that's the part that's very confusing to a salesperson is our sales producer did not solicit this account, this go around. They did originally, but the prospect came back to them and they just ghosted. I'm like, write that prospect off. They call again, just don't even offer, just say, sorry, we're not interested in doing business with you. And, And I know it's easy for me to say because I'm not the sales producer, but that part, is the part that I feel has reached this societal epidemic a little bit that it's just okay to just ignore it and I don't love that. It drives me crazy. I try to do everything I can as a business owner to not ghost someone who's trying to talk to me. You
1: know, on the flip side, I think sometimes that happens with our sales teams, too, and they may not even realize it, that if they're coming back with a great rate and great coverage, they're going to call back immediately. But we do tend to ghost people just a little bit if maybe we can't get them what We want to be able to get them.
0: Over the last year, we have been working on this and really training and trying to help our sales team not be that person, not be this situation. I have other examples, several other examples where we were not the best feel good place. We weren't the best price. We weren't the best necessarily, possibly even coverage. And one of the statements that I've made there over and over again, because I had personal knowledge of the referral, is I had someone basically come to me and say, hey, I've got this situation going on. I need you to help. Would y'all be interested in looking at our insurance? Of course we would. I hand it over. I refer it to one of our sales team members uh, because I'm the guy you don't want working on it personally, because I'm the guy that's going to accidentally ghost somebody because of time and not having the knowledge today to necessarily be underneath the hood as much as I used to be. And so I'm over here, I'm working with the sales team and I'm saying, Hey, this is what you got. The information that we had was they were going to do business with us. This customer was going to give us their business. It wasn't a matter of pricing. It wasn't a matter of anything. They were done with the service they were getting and they wanted to do business with us. And my sales person over here is working on this and working on this. It's a slam dunk. I didn't necessarily convey that to them. And they are spending all this energy over here trying to just turn over every rock. And it's like two, three weeks go by. And I'm like, hey, where are we? It's like, well, it just doesn't look good. Our pricing isn't where we need it to be. And I'm like, time out. <laughs> Yes, we want to do the best we can for our clients, but you are ghosting this guy who wants to give us our business. You can't do that. You need to go to them with the options you have. They are giving us the business. And so it's this misunderstanding of what it is that we're supposed to be doing. We're over here searching to the ends of the earth, and it just wasn't necessary. And it wasn't a situation where we were even in a bad place when it all came down to the final picture, we were better than where they were leaving. And it was just one of these situations that caught my attention of we have to go back with the bad news or what we think is the bad news on a timely basis. Otherwise, we get to be the ghosting party. We get to be the people that are not providing the customer experience. That's what it all came down to is part of the customer experience is communicating and getting back to people and understanding that it does not have to be the most elaborately perfect scenario because we're really quick as you say to get back to people when it's in our favor but when it's maybe not the best price or the easiest thing we have a really hard time getting back to people and providing them a good experience when it feels a little negative on us
1: And I think this may be one of those places where the insurance world is judged by what people see on TV or by this whole idea of the I saved you a dollar State Farm commercial, which I know your blood just boiled a little bit for me bringing that up. But I think this is one of those opportunities that we can use to really change the perception of our industry one person at a time. Because I think sometimes people are afraid to say no because they think that you're going to put on that hard pressed sale after. And I've heard it and everyone's done it. They come back, they say, no, you're trying to figure out, you're trying to start asking the questions. What did we do wrong? What did you choose? I mean, people do it. And before somebody taught me not to do it, I did it trying to do that post no fact finding mission, I think that may be why sometimes people ghost you because they don't want to have to go through that. But I think that we have an opportunity to change the perception of the industry by not doing that.
0: Make it personal one of our core values and put ourselves in the seat of that client and think about client experience. Because I agree that the customer probably doesn't want to say no to you. If you think, think about that And I'm not a hard sell guy because I think about myself. And when people run at me with this hard sales pitch, with this constant running at you, it's a turnoff. I'm going to turn around and walk away. I'm thinking of one particular electronics furniture slash store, and I'm thinking about their approach. And you can't even walk into this store without being bombarded by some salesperson with a clipboard. And I won't go that hard. Hard sell annoyance, that's not thinking about the customer experience at all. And that's where I'm at with it's a marketer's world. It's no longer a sales world. Yes, sales is important, but people want to make buying decisions more than they want to be sold. And when we think about the client experience process here, you're right. We can change the message. We can change the conversation in the insurance industry by not being that annoying chasing thing. And that's the thing, you know, when this person ghosts you, perhaps that's just it. Maybe it's, look, if they're not returning your call, then you need to back away. Make sure they're not missing something. I get it. Make sure their email didn't go to spam, make sure of whatever. But if you're just peppering them with calls day after day after day, and you're not getting anything back, it's not because they're not getting your voicemail. (laughs) It's not because they didn't get your text message or your email. I promise you, all three of those communication methods didn't go into thin air. They just didn't want to talk. They didn't want to tell you no. That's hard for us to get our head around because it doesn't feel good. You got to move on. Our jobs have to be to provide information, to provide buying decision proposals, not necessarily to try to force people into saying yes to us, but being so good at the process and so good at the experience that if everything's right, they're going to naturally say yes to us.
1: At Integra, we have an incredible team of people who have been doing this
0: a long time. How
1: did we change that mindset?
0: It's an everyday thing. It goes back and forth. And I know, for instance, if you think about the agency group side of things, it was very easy because the personalities that were put in place for agency development fit what we're talking about. That's one thing. It was much easier to take and say, hey, Robbie, I don't want you to feel like you have to sell anybody on anything. I just want you to be an information source. I want you to lay the program out. I want you to let the program sell itself. And I don't want you to feel like you're missing a quota or you're on a quota or that type of environment exists. We want to be in the information sourcing business. That was very easy for him because his personality connects with that. Now on the retail, on the insurance side and thinking about some of the salespeople over there, they're very type A driven people in several cases. It's not as easy. Okay, it's not as easy for them to move to this shifting process. And it's a continuous work. And sometimes they don't always stay there. It's this reminder. And it generally happens around the rejection. It generally happens around. I don't understand what's going on here. I was the best price. I was this. I was that. I don't know why I didn't get the business. And you do have to constantly walk them through. Hey, remember, look, you didn't lose here. Did you learn something? If you did lose And you didn't learn, that's the problem. I would say that it's not always perfect, but it has been a year, year and a half worth of ongoing messaging around client experience versus a sales process.
1: When I asked that question, I was asking about our retail traditional agency. But when you brought up our partner program, it kind of made me remember that recently we had an agent that was trying to decide if they were going to come on board with us or with another group. And when he made the decision to come on board with us, some of the things that the other group said, we were kind of appalled about.
0: There was a heavy solicitation. You don't want to go with them. Basically just throwing us under the bus. And it actually worked against them because at the end of the day, we won the agent, so to speak, because we said, we want you to be in the best place place for you to be successful. That was it, right? That was the end result of our sales pitch. If that's not with us, it's okay. You're starting a business. You're starting an agency. We want you to build that agency on our infrastructure. We think we've got a great infrastructure for you to be successful in. But if we're not the place for you, if it's not the right culture, if it's not the right processes, then we would rather you go somewhere else and be successful than come on board with us and then wish you would have gone a different direction. That in and of itself is actually what tipped the scales for this particular agent to say yes to us. It was an aha moment. And it totally resonated with what we're trying to accomplish and it kind of validated our whole approach.
1: I'm going to leave us today with this quote from Michael Jordan. I can accept failure. Everyone fails at something, but I can't accept not trying again.
0: Attitude to choice. Make a great one.
1: Bye y'all. Ready to get the ball
0: rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at integraagent.com. That's integraagent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at iaforward.com